raced to keep up with her friends. Ahead of her was the doctor moving far more swiftly down the city streets than she'd have expected for a man of his age. Running beside him was the school teacher, Ian Chesterton. I can't keep up. Barbara put a hand under Vicky's arm to encourage her along. Yes, yes, you can. You've got to. You don't want to get caught. Vicky shuddered and found the strength to continue. The planet Vervidic had appeared to be a highly advanced civilization when they'd arrived a few days ago. But its people had quickly proved to be aggressive and vicious, and now those people were right behind them. <gasps> the slaves! They managed to get away! Careful, Vicky! Ian pulled Vicky aside as a laser beam scorched past them. The foursome darted around a corner and pressed their backs to the wall, gathering their breath. The doctor gestured ahead. It should be this street. Yes, I see it. The TARDIS. For Vicky, that battered old wooden box had never seemed so inviting. Sanctuary and escape were mere yards away. But as another volley of laser fire burned the air, it might as well have been a mile. The doctor looked at them. Are we all here? Ian? Barbara? Vicky? Jasper! Where's Jasper? He was right behind me. Jasper! Oh, thank goodness. What are you waiting for? We need to be out of here. Let's get in the TARDIS and go. The doctor looked nervously at the road ahead. Of course, of course we must. He gritted his teeth, gathering his courage, and leapt from hiding to dart across the walkway. He slammed into the door and struggled with the key. That was rather closer than I'd have liked. Enough chatter, Doctor. Just open it. The Doctor dove through the doors of the ship. Ian nodded decisively. All right, he's in. We'll cross in pairs. Give them a smaller target. You go with Barbara. I'll take Vicky. Uh, right you are. On my signal, Barbara. You ready? Not exactly. But I don't think I've much choice. Then. Now! made it. Just about. Now, you two. Vicky chanced to look round the wall at their pursuers. A dozen members of the Vavidic militia were in view, dressed in their red and black uniforms, an intricate network of external veins pumping blood, gas and steroids round their bodies. For a split second, Vicky found herself staring into the blank breathing mask the leader wore. She could almost sense the eyes inside that rasping visage, the burning malevolence of a brutal race of conquerors. Then she realised he was pointing his gun directly at her. Ah! Vicky, look out! Quickly now! No, 
almost on top of you. I know, I know. Are you ready? Not exactly, but I don't have much choice. On the count of three. One, two, three. Inside. Fast as you can. Another time and another place, beneath a dark yellow sky, was a lush and dense jungle. A pair of ape-like creatures were swinging down through the branches on their four limbs, descending from their home to the darker areas, where the light found it hard to penetrate. It is not right, Gark. We should not be this far down without guidance. Shut up, Krub. Our new matriarch is busy. I can lead this hunt. Listen. You hear that? All I hear is my stomach crying out for mercy. There is a herd of noceros beneath us. Why not catch one of the lizard birds? At least we'll be able to see them. A lizard bird would barely feed the children. Have the courage of your forebears. There is a reason why Arunde do not venture this far down the trees unaided. What if I reach for a vine and it's not there? The surface will reclaim me. <laughs> Coward. Then I will hunt the creature alone and I will eat alone. A voice appeared in their minds. Gark, Krug, where are you? Matriarch, thank the light. I feel you, but I do not know where you... You have climbed down to the low trees. Not now, Shana. What are you doing so close to the surface? We need to hunt. That is my decision. The people must eat. Show proper deference to our matriarch. Quiet, Krug. The herd will hear you. <coughs> Idiot! They are running! No, come back! Follow him, crew. I cannot! Open your mind to me. I will guide you. Krub relaxed and let her control his movement. He felt his arms reach out, grasp and swing. Gark is ahead, on your right. Gark? Gark, are you there? Yes, I am here. What happened? Did you catch them? No. I was close. I landed a spear in the largest, I am sure of it. But I could not keep up. It got away from me. It got away into the dark. You see, you should trust the matriarch. Trust her? Trust her? If the matriarch had not interfered, the whole tribe would be feasting tonight. That was too close. Standing in the TARDIS control room, Vicky looked around in relief at her travelling companions. The doctor was fussing at the console, mopping his brow with a handkerchief. Ian held his fellow schoolteacher in a gentle, reassuring embrace. On the opposite side of the console stood Josper, breathing heavily. Even with the dust and dirt from the Vavidic mines caked over his face and clothes, his boyish smile shone through. He was sort of good-looking, Vicky supposed. Well... We're safe now. We got away. Like the slaves. We never have to think about the Vavidic again. I wish it was that easy. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to forget them. <sighs> Something the matter, Doctor? Of course. 
their squandered potential. Such appalling beings, ruthless, determined to crush and conquer all about them. But their organic technology, their scientific advancement, oh, it was remarkable. Remarkable? Revolting, I'd say, those clammy control panels. Hideous, like living creatures. Perhaps, but let's not get squeamish. The doctor's right. Viewed purely as an act of science, their inventions were amazing. Machines that responded to their needs almost intuitively. The doctor had a wistful look in his eye. Precisely, Chesterton. Imagine what such technology could do for the ship. You mean... You'd be able to control the TARDIS? Tell it where to go? Take us anywhere? Take us home? You still want to leave us? No, not exactly. We just want to be back in our own time and place. Where would you lot be without me, eh? What are you babbling on about, young man? Hmm? In answer to the doctor, Josper produced from inside his jacket a small device resembling a jellyfish. Electronic components were woven throughout the machine's flesh. One of their controllers! <laughs> Josper, you're brilliant. Wherever did you get that? The power plant. Thought it might come in useful. When we rescued Ian and Barbara, I prized it off the wall. You think it could get us home? The doctor turned it over in his hands. Well, my boy, I'll have to examine it properly at some stage. Find a way to connect it to the console, but... Yes. Yes. I don't see why not. Really? I don't believe it. After all this time, we might finally be going home. The doctor smiled, ruefully. I think there's a very good chance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, at last! Looks like you've come through again, Josper. Good old Josper. Have you chosen a name, Fula? Yes, Matria. Ibi. After my grandmother. A strong name. I will perform the ritual tonight when the light reaches the mother tree. I was hoping, thinking, perhaps we could leave her seeing stone where it is. You do not want Ibi to mix her mind with me? Of course. But it looks so beautiful between her eyes. Or with the other, Orunde? With you? It only hurts a little. It is not the pain. See this? That is the seeing stone of Arne and Malko's child. I can feel her. She is sleeping right now. These two, the Bluff twins, they are playing in the square. I have done the mentorcision ritual before. Forgive me. It was foolish. You should not have interfered with my hunt. Gark. I'm busy. I will leave you, Matria. What message does this give to the rest of the tribe? They are more concerned that I return from the dark without a kill. You cannot hunt down there without guidance. We have to. No. I am Matria. I will guide. I will not be the first to fail our people. Your mother was the first. She failed to pass on the skills before the surface reclaimed her. She was reclaimed too early. And that should have stayed around her neck. We should have left the seeing stones where she fell. Then our people really would be in darkness. 
Is that what you want? Give them back, then. Return each one of them to the Arunde it came from. The connection is stronger when I hold them close. I know the tribe are troubled. I will ease them, but it takes time to master. And while you learn, we all feel your fear. I have sent Brack and Oryx to catch a lizard bird. Some of the younglings are collecting giddy fruit. Let me hunt for the tribe. I used to climb down the trees as a youngling. I remember. I used to hold your seeing stone and feel it through your mind. The dark, the cold, the surface. But my eyes make out the shapes. The more I am down there, the more I see. No, Gark. Why not? I swore an oath to my mother and all the matriarchs before us. Even if I have to learn the old ways for myself, I will protect and provide for the Arunde. Vicky, there you are. I wondered where you got to. Oh, just getting some water, that's all. Water? Just water? Surely the food machine does champagne. There's going to be quite a celebration when we get back to, um... Where was it again? Earth. England. 1963. Yes, of course. The 20th century. <laughs> Can hardly wait to see it. It sounds insane. Did they really dig up carbon and burn it for fuel? Well, it's not like your Earth was perfect, all those factories churning out slime. Shh, you'll make me nostalgic. Ian says he'll take me to a football match. <laughs> Seems quite excited about it. I wonder what a football match is. Well, the Doctor hasn't connected the component yet. It still might not work. The Vavidig probably didn't make their technology universally adaptable. Oh, you're a ray of sunshine. They're happy. Anyone would think you didn't want that. Of course I do. But you don't want them to go. I've known them longer than you, that's all. The Doctor thinks we'll be landing soon. They're my friends, too. Who's his friends? Everything all right, Vicky? Yes, Ian. I... I do hope this works. You know, I do hope you go home. Thanks a lot. Tried to get rid of us? No, I mean... Oh, I keep saying the wrong thing today. Oh, Vicky... And we welcome Ibi into the tribe of the Arunde. Her seeing stone is added to the twine of ages. Thank you. I can already hear her thoughts. You have done the right thing, Fula. What is that noise? Ah, do not be distressed. Brothers and sisters, it is nothing to... Matria. Everyone return to your nests. Remain there until I say. Shana, what was it? Something. Something has arrived. From where? Vast. So very huge. Empty and dark. Shana. And powerful. Shana, listen to me. Where has it come from? The surface. Impossible. It is the only possible place. It has come to reclaim us all. 
First my mother. Now it wants the rest. Rubbish. Why would the surface reclaim us now? The heresies. Yes. Fula wanted me to leave the child with her seeing stone. You told me to give them back. You are not the only ones. I feel the doubt in everyone's minds. But the noise started after you performed the child's mentorcision. Well, maybe that is the heresy. I will see. No. Do not use the seeing stones tonight. I have to reassure the tribe. You are as scared as any of them. Leave the stones just for tonight. For me. What are you doing? You always found it soothing when I struck you. Stop it. Our lives have taken a different path now. It need not be like that. The matriarch does not have to be alone. More heresies, Gark. The Doctor's four companions stepped from the TARDIS into a cool, dark jungle. They paused... Eyes adjusting to the murk. No wonder we couldn't see anything on the scanner. It's pitch black out here. It must be night time. Either that, or the canopy's too thick to let light in. Ugh! Ugh! It smells like rotten eggs. Reminds me of the waste pipes back home. Sulfur, perhaps. Natural. Rather than your factories, Josper. Here you are, then. Everyone take one of these and wind the handle. The doctor emerged from the police box and handed over small plastic boxes with glass circles at one end. What is it? Ah, a torch run by a dynamo. Oh, yes, I see. The doctor aimed his light on the thick foliage nearby. Now, let's see what we have here. Hey, here's a thought. Why don't we do the exploring, leave you here, give you some peace and quiet to work on that component? Yes, that does sound like a good idea. What? No, no. There's no brush, is there? The device will still be here when we return. The doctor smiled winningly, but Ian wasn't convinced. Yes, but if you do repair it, you'll be able to bring the TARDIS back here whenever you want. You... Could explore then. I will not be argued with. I intend to explore this jungle, and that is that. <sighs> it doesn't look particularly safe. When's that ever stopped us? The doctor's torch beam shone over a network of tree roots that formed a bridge over the marsh. I shall start that way. Seems rather treacherous. My dear Jasper, you will have noticed by now that I am actually quite sprightly for my age. And with that, the doctor set off. Coming. Barbara shone her light in the other direction, revealing an incline up into the trees. I'll take a walk over there. There might be a better view on the other side. Good idea, Vicky. Keep Barbara company. If nothing else, it'll stop you and Jasper arguing. Come on, Jasper. We'd better catch up with the doctor before he gets lost. See you later, ladies. Wait for us, doctor. He started it. <laughs> I used to have a pair like you at Coal Hill. Be thankful you don't have pigtails. <gasps> Vicky, watch oh. where you're going. <clears throat> Barbara grabbed Vicky's shoulders. That's a sheer drop. My torchlight doesn't even reach the bottom. 
Thank you, Barbara. I suppose I'm a bit distracted. There he is. Doctor, wait. The Doctor, Ian and Josper continued across the marsh, unaware they were being watched from the trees above. Interesting. Gark, why have you gone back to the dark again? Why do you care? Please, come away from the surface. There is danger. I know. I see them. They were standing by a big blue stone. Two have gone to the Rock of the Lizardbirds. The others are crossing the swamp. Through the trees? No. They touch the surface. Walk on their hind arms. They carry daylight in their hands. Then get away. Now. You know what happens when we take fire down into the dark. It burns brighter, uncontrollably. Remember Agra lost most of his fur. Remember the tale of Fendo the Half-Face. It is not fire. It is light. I cannot explain. Why have they come? It is obvious why. They mean to destroy the Arundel. As Barbara and Vicky climbed the hill, the darkness began to subside, the plants giving way to a small clearing. In the yellow sky above, strange birds wheeled in the hazy sunlight. Hey, look at this! From a low bush, Vicky pulled out a fruit that looked like a skinless grapefruit. You're not thinking of eating that, are you? We don't know what's poisonous and what isn't. <sighs> Smells a bit like an orange. Did you hear that? Ahead of them, through the bushes, a huge pair of birds the size of horses swooped down. Resembling featherless eagles with sharp talons and bat-like wings, they hungrily gobbled fruit off the trees, juice spilling down their craggy beaks. Well, they don't seem to think it's poisonous. Quite the reverse. They're absolutely crazy in it. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of miles into the jungle, Ian and Josper gingerly traversed a lattice of roots crossing a muddy brook. They approached the doctor. He was shining his light on various trees and muttering to himself. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I'm always amazed by how someone of your intellect can be so amused by the tiniest details, Doctor. The doctor tugged at his lapels in lecture mode. Young man... I would have thought after all this time you would have learned that the best tools you can have are a keen eye and an open mind. You know, Doctor, I think this planet is mostly sulphur. What makes you think that? A smell, for one thing. Definitely sulphur dioxide. I'd recognise that anywhere. Really? I worked in a school, remember, Jasper? Stink bombs. Very astute of you, Chesterton. I thought the same when we saw those stones back there. They were so smooth. Erosion, you said. Acid rain? Had a tie-in with sulphur. W wouldn't that be dangerous? Very possibly. That's a good point. The doctor waved his hand dismissively. Oh, I doubt it'll pose any immediate danger. The intelligent life here seems to cope. Intelligent life? There are people here. The doctor nodded. Of sorts. How can you tell? I haven't seen anything. The doctor smiled, clearly taking great delight in his own discovery. He shone his torch at the trees. Several were splintered and broken, the bushes flattened and forming a tunnel through the foliage. 
Something came through there at quite a pace. Uh, caring what damage you did getting through. The doctor angled his light down. And in the mud. Tracks? Perhaps there was a stampede. And what do you make of this? With a flourish, the doctor pointed at a stick on the ground like a piece of bamboo. Others were strewn about haphazardly, some even stuck in the mud. Josper picked one up. Don't touch the end, child. It looks razor sharp to me. Ian looked it up and down. Well, there's no denying that. It's a spear. In her hut, Shana shook the seeing stones and inhaled the incense. She closed her eyes, focused, concentrated, desperate to reach out her mind into the jungle below. Talk to me, strangers. If you hear me, answer. What is happening out there? Shana is young and weak. Cannot expect her to do everything for us. We must protect the village ourselves. Gark, what are you doing? Shana, Matriarch, tell them. There is nothing to... You saw through my mind. Tell them what I have seen. There are creatures. It is true. I will take a hunting party and return with their heads. No, I am trying to contact their minds. They are from below. The surface is our enemy. It pulls down our tools and weapons. It reclaims Arundi that are too weak to cling to the vines. The roots of our mother tree go deeper into the surface. Perhaps now it sends them to befriend us. Or to kill us in our nests. Or to swallow up the noceros and panthers for themselves and make us starve. No. We must extend thoughts of friendship and wait for them to respond. What if they were the ones that plucked the old matriarch's nest from the trees? Warriors, with me. No. Listen to me. Do as your matriarch says. Barbara sat watching in silent wonder as the flying lizards gobbled down more fruit. Sometimes another bird would attempt to join them, but they were violently chased off. Sometimes the two would even dizzily fight each other for one more bite. I swear they're getting intoxicated. Vicky was nowhere to be seen, but then suddenly one of the strange cantaloupes sailed over Barbara's head and landed in the clearing. <laughs> the birds began to fight over it. Vicky, what are you doing? Just feeding the birds. Well, I'm not sure that's a good idea. They're quite a bit larger than the pigeons in Trafalgar Square. Where? And a lot more spiteful. I don't know what a pigeon is either, but... Barbara! What's wrong? You look terrified. Barbara, we have to get back to the TARDIS. Now! <sighs> Vicky grabbed her arm and wrenched her out of the clearing. Vicky, what is it? Didn't you see it? See what? The Vavidic soldier in the bushes. They followed us, Barbara. They followed us. Hey, Ian, Doctor, over here. What have you found, child? Ah, 
The dying creature was not unlike a scaly rhinoceros. Fallen heavily on the ground, it wearily fought to keep its eyes open, but was failing. Another one of those spears. Poor thing, being hunted to death. Let's get it out then. Don't touch it, Joshua. The wound is infected. You think the spear's poisoned, Doctor? Someone was hunting the creature. Why has it just been left here? Maybe the poison makes it inedible. Then why use spears at all? The doctor cocked his head upwards as something caught his attention. Ian heard it too and shone his torch into the canopy above. Don't see a thing. Too high. There's something up there. You think it's that intelligent life? Probably coming back for their kill. Might be a good idea hanging around here. We should get back to the TARDIS. The doctor raised a hand. Wait, Chester. They are between us and the ship. Then we go the other way and double back? Deeper into the jungle. It's their territory. A pair of apes shot through the trees just above them and the doctor hissed. Put the lights out, now! Of course. The lights cut out as they considered what they'd seen. Human-sized primates covered in yellow fur. The creatures had no legs. Just two sets of arms from each shoulder, their squat torsos draped in animal skins, and bandoliers all stuffed with tools and weapons. Hopefully they're just going past. One of the bamboo spears pierced the air and hit the ground next to them. Some hope. Let's not give them a second chance. Run! can't have been a Vividic soldier. We left them behind. They can't have followed us. It was, Barbara. They have. I saw one. Ah! Vicky slipped and skidded into a pile of rotting fruit. Ah! Ah! I'm telling you, it's impossible. Barbara halted instantly. One of the reptilian birds had suddenly appeared next to the girl. Vicky, come to me very slowly. No. Vicky, this way. I can't. It's not letting me move. Barbara looked around for something to use as a weapon. She snatched a handful of stones from the ground and threw them at the bird. The stones struck home and the bird howled at Barbara. Vicky tried to take advantage of the distraction, but the bird was too quick. It leapt swiftly on top of her claws, pushing her to the ground. Get off her! Barbara looked round desperately for another weapon. A small log lay to one side. She reached for it, but to her horror... No! The bird picked Vicky up by the arm and flapped its almighty wings. Doctor Ian and Jasper stumbled desperately through the dark, tripping over roots and weeds, sharp fronds pulling at their clothes. Thankfully, the apes seemed to be having as much trouble seeing through the gloom as they were. Their spears were missing the mark, and the powerful hands that swiped down from the canopy were left empty. Soon, the tribe had passed them. Slowly, the travellers relaxed. The Doctor sighed. Well, we're alive. For how long, Doctor? 
We're further from the TARDIS now, and on the wrong side of the river. We could take a leaf out of their book, swing over on the vines. The doctor huffed indignantly. What do you take me for, young man? A lethargy Tarzan? But Ian's eyes were adjusting to the blackness. Look, a trunk. It's fallen across the water. The doctor peered at it narrowly. It would appear somewhat precarious, but... Uh, yes, yes. If we keep it secure, it might well serve as a bridge. Come along. The doctor began crossing as Jasper and Ian leapt forward to hold it in place. Hurry up, Doctor! I think they might be back. Keep it steady! I'm almost there! Jasper, look out! The Doctor had almost reached the other bank, but as Jasper jumped back from the spear, the log wobbled under his feet. Chesterton! Doctor! But it was too late. The Doctor toppled into the water and was swept away. The giant bird had Vicky in its claws, but before it could take off, Barbara leapt across the clearing, gripping the small log firmly and aiming right at the huge creature's head. <laughs> Watch out, Barbara, you're making it angry! That might be a good thing! <laughs> Barbara swung another blow, but the bird tried to lift itself out of the way. Let me go! One swipe of the bird's other claw ripped the log from Barbara's hands. With a triumphant squawk, it flapped its wings and started to lift into the air with its prey. Ah! No, you're not having her! Desperately, Barbara dived for her young friend's feet, grabbing hold of them and clinging on as the bird strained away. Ah! Hold on! Another fearsome flap of the creature's wings lifted them a few feet off the ground. It's working! We're keeping it down! Barbara tried to keep the fear out of her voice. Yes, it was working for now. But how long could Vicky last in this tug of war? Still chased by the blind apes, Ian and Jasper ran down the path of the river as the current pulled the doctor along. Ian, I can still hear him. Doctor! Can they, Jasper? Doctor, try and grab something! Stop shouting! Those eight must be hunting by sound rather than sight. They'll be miles downstream in no time at all. We've no idea where the river leads. We'll find him. I should have stayed in the TARDIS. I told him to stay in the TARDIS. 
sounds like they've circled around again. They'll be off our backs for the moment. I'm taking a chance now. Jasper turned on his torch and shone it along the river. Yes. I can see up ahead. There. The river bends. I see it. It'll stem the current. The doctor might be able to catch something. Well, let's get over there. Wait. What is it? Why can't we hear the apes anymore? Well, maybe they've given up. <laughs> Look out! Up there! Barbara slipped back, a shift in the balance of weight. Oh, what was that? I think I felt the claw give a little. By now, the bird was getting wise and was jabbing at Barbara with its beak. Barbara tried to dodge the blows, but every movement made it harder to hold on to her young friend. Vicky did her best to fight the creature with her one free hand, but to little effect. As she waved her arm, a scent hit Barbara, and realization dawned. The fruit! Of course! What do you mean? You fell in the fruit! But Barbara didn't have time to explain. With one final effort, the bird flapped its wings, hauling itself up with such power that Barbara lost her grip on Vicky's legs. Ah! Barbara! It's your jacket he wants! Get out of your jacket! I... Ah! Oh, yes! Of course! I can't! Barbara watched horrified as the bird lifted off with its heavy burden, now four feet, now five. Vicky unzipped her fruit-stained top and tried to squeeze her arm out of the sleeve. You've got to, Vicky! Pull! With one final effort... <gasps> Vicky pulled herself free of the jacket and tumbled to the ground with a thud. Vicky! You all right, Jasper? Just about. You were right. They're not used to the light. The torches must have terrified them. Temporarily blinded them, at least. They obviously don't hunt by sight or smell. Or come to the ground all that often, judging by those limbs of theirs. I think I've scared them off for now, at any rate. No, not yet. Wait another minute or two. We need to get going now. I said no. Believe me, Jasper. I want the doctor safe just as much as you do. But if we end up with those creatures after us again, we'll be no better off. And we'll have lost our surprise. He could be drowning. I know, or worse. Worse? What's worse? This atmosphere's got a lot of sulfur, remember? The river will be acidic. Gark returned to his hut. Ah! Shana swung into the small tent after him. A successful hunt? The surface dwellers are dangerous, Shana. They threw light at us. The others were scared. I am sure. Trust me, Shana. I will kill the surface dwellers. With your skills? Yes. Seeing in the dark? Your great sight would be better served finding the dead Noceros and bringing it up into the village. And leave the strange ones to roam freely 
I have been attempting to reach them. A good meal in the tribe's bellies will quieten their minds and let me concentrate. Already I grow stronger. I can see through several of the tribe at once. Is that the youngling seeing stone? Ibi, yes. She sleeps. The pain subsides. Mine is as sharp as ever. Every stone-cutting ritual makes my mind ache. You cannot possibly remember your mentecision. You were an infant. I do. I can still see the matriarch standing over me with a knife, pointing it between my eyes. Her benevolent smile, just before... You are lucky you did not have to go through it. Yes. Yes, I am lucky. Having everyone's thoughts in my head constantly. Why did you climb down to retrieve the twine from my mother's fallen bones? For you? Why else? Then do this for me now. Retrieve the Noceros. Very well. Some way down the river, the doctor managed to pull himself around with the tide and started swimming towards the bank. Still carried on by the torrents of muddy water, he grasped desperately for purchase. The spiky bulrushes cut into his hands and the soft reeds at the water's edge simply broke away. Finally, he reached out and caught something dry and cold. It was a hand. A dead hand. Grasping it firmly, he managed to pull himself onto the riverbank, where he sat for some seconds, breathing heavily. Dear, dear. Look at the tatters I've lifted. Large holes had been burned through his frock coat and trousers. He looked around and spotted something not unlike an oversized rubber plant. Yes, just the thing. These leaves must be resistant to the acid. He pulled off some of the fronds and used them to dry himself. Then he split the spongy leaf open, smearing the sap over his skin as a natural balm. Soothed, he returned to examine the dead creature. It was certainly a primate, recognizably of the kind that had chased them earlier. However, this one's arms were at strange angles to its body, suggesting broken limbs. Its amber skin was now pale and caked in mud. Intrigued, he pulled the lamp from his pocket and powered it up. Well, I never... The doctor was standing on a bamboo platform, held together with vines. But surely... This should be up in the trees, hmm? He lifted a plank... <gasps> And there, underneath, was another pair of dead primates, their limbs twisted and crushed. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, what a sorry sight. Must have fallen from the trees, plummeted with their pontoon. What a sad state of affairs. Left here in the dark to rot. The doctor shook his head sadly. But then, something caught his eye. Uh, uh. Amethyst? Crystal? Lying in the mud next to one of the corpses was a gem, no bigger than the blue one he wore in his ring. He was about to examine it in the light when the jungle sounds brought him back to his immediate circumstances. He 
he pocketed the ball to inspect later. Yes, well, it's time I was off. Vicky woke to find herself on a chair in the TARDIS console room. Barbara dabbed her forehead with cotton wool. It's all right, Vicky. I'm here. Oh, we're in the TARDIS. Are the others back? No, I'm afraid not. I just thought it'd be best to bring you back here. Your head got a nasty bump. I... Don't try to stand yet. Here. I brought you some water. I don't need water. We have to get out there and find them. We can't. We just get lost. You saw what it's like under that canopy. It's too dark, even with the sun coming up. But they're all in danger. No, they're not. Those birds were only after that fruit. Not the birds. The Vafidic. Oh, Vicky, not that again. Yes, that again. I know what I saw, Barbara. It's impossible. The Vafidic didn't have time travel. That's why they were so interested in the TARDIS, remember? But we left the TARDIS unattended, remember? One of them could easily have got inside. Now it's out there, waiting to pick us off. That's ridiculous. The ship was locked. How could they have got inside? I don't know, but I can't see any other explanation. Maybe they've followed us for their controller. Vicky picked up the jellyfish-like device Josper had taken. But those things were commonplace, like a pen or a pencil. So? Well, I know Ian loved his gold pen, but he wouldn't cross time and space to get it back. (laughs) I suppose. Do you really think it was the shadows playing tricks? What else could it be? Don't worry, they'll get back soon, and they'll be safe. Then the doctor can get back to work on that thing. You really want to go home, don't you? Very much. I've almost given up on it. For a moment, Barbara's thoughts were in a different time and place. Then she noticed a crestfallen Vicky. Don't you want to settle down someday? Find a home? Not really. You're my family. The Doctor, you, Ian. And Josper? Hmm. Yes, Josper something the matter? When he joined us, you were firm friends. He treats me like a child. I'm two years older than him. You're two alike, the pair of you. That's the trouble. Orphans. (laughs) It can't have been easy for him, living as he did on the streets alone. I think you're the sister he never had. Really? The way you two bicker. Definite sibling rivalry. And we do have Josper to thank for this. I never expected our ticket home would be so hideous. Oh, don't listen to her, Squishy. It shouldn't take the doctor long. He'll probably just put it on the console like... As soon as the device touched the controls, Vicky knew she'd made a mistake. The lights dimmed, and the jellyfish-like thing sprouted suckers that stuck themselves to the console. Oh, no! What's it doing? These new limbs burst into smaller stalks that themselves reached out for various other instruments. The ship itself let out an almighty cry. What have I done? 
Shana was caressing the seeing stones, but suddenly stopped as she heard something outside her hut. No, not outside. Inside her mind. One by one the seeing stones began glowing on their twine, brighter and stronger, and hot. They started to burn Shana's fingertips and she threw them down. Ah! Her own stone, set in a dent in her forehead, was also alight, burning red hot, burning into her skull, into her consciousness. Ah! What is that? Even Gark, on the outskirts of the village, knew something was wrong and turned back. Ian looked round. The ground shook with the approach of huge beasts. He's got the whole jungle worked up. Jasper, you all right? His young friend was holding his head. Ian, don't you feel it? My head's going to explode. In the TARDIS, Barbara and Vicky held their hands over their ears, but it did nothing to alleviate the pain of the sound. Vicky, make it stop! I can't! Get it off the console! I'm trying, it won't budge, it's stuck like glue! Barbara rushed over to help Vicky, picking up the small tendrils, inching their way into the dials and switches. Try to get your fingers under the body of it. I can't, Barbara. It's too oily. There's nothing to grip. Barbara gave up on the tendrils and tried wedging her fingernails between the smooth console and the device. But it shifted to cover every possible gap. It's clinging on! The TARDIS doors opened and within seconds the Doctor had rushed over to join them. What's on? What are you doing to my ship? Nothing. It's that controller. His eyes widened as he saw Vicky pulling and picking at the stolen component. Remove that device this instant. I'm trying to. He strode up to the console and brushed the women aside. Putting his hand on the jellyfish, he moved his fingers in a complex motion, feeling for something inside the gooey mass. It's organic technology. A release mechanism will be organic too. There! Finally, his index finger struck a nerve. The device recoiled, loosening its grip on the console and retracting its tentacles. The doctor wrenched it free. Aha! In the Arunde village, Gark nestled Shana in his arms. Ah! Ah! It burns! Make it out! Stop! Make it stop! What can I do? I warned you not to use the seeing stones tonight. As he cradled the matriarch, he felt the tension leave her body. Her eyes opened, but she was seeing something beyond the primitive hut. It hurt so much. Pain like I have never felt. From the dawn of the trees to the end of time. You make no sense. It was an attack. They wished to control me. Who? The surface dwellers? Vividic. Shana, wake up. I am sorry. Gark? What have you done? I told you to wait outside. 
She was in pain. I know, but now she sleeps. What happened? It was retaliation. The surface dwellers. They can attack through the mind? But without our matriarch, we shall have no defence. They won't have the chance. We strike first. How? Do not question me. Summon the strongest Arundel. Go! Listen to me, Shana. I shall make this right. In the TARDIS, the Doctor had swiftly changed out of his corroded clothes. He returned to the console room in an almost identical outfit to resume chiding Vicky. What have I told you about tampering with things you know nothing about? I didn't tamper. Doctor, what was that screaming sound? It was like the TARDIS was in pain. The Doctor picked up the alien component from where it sat on a chair and turned it over in his hands. I'm starting to think that the Bavidic used their technology through some kind of supersensory means. Supersensory? You mean like telekinesis? Moving things with the mind? More like telepathy, I think. That might have interfered with the ship's instruments. Is that thing all right? I mean, is it still alive, uh, working, whatever it is? After a hurried once-over, the doctor handed it to Vicky. Doesn't seem to be damaged at all. Pulse still steady. Then we should probably put it somewhere safe, away from the console. We don't want any more trouble before Ian gets back. <sighs> the doctor gasped in horror. Ian and Jasper, of course. In all the excitement, I was separated from them. We, we were being hunted. What? Hunted? You mean there are people out there? Of a sort. Intelligent anthropoids. Apes of some variation. The doctor hit the door switch. We must go and find them. The apes? No child, our friends! The doctor made for the door, but Vicky held back, perplexed. I don't understand them and friends, plural. Surely you just mean Ian. Yes, Chesterton, yes. And young Jasper, of course. The doctor motioned urgently for them to follow him, but Barbara and Vicky looked at each other blankly. Jasper? Who's Jasper? Out in the jungle, Ian and Jasper bounded through tangled plants. Their torchlight helped them see the way, but this was wild country with no well-trodden paths. Sometimes the ground was thick mud, other times hard shrubbery that refused to yield under their feet and had to be hurdled. Ian! That pain! It stopped! What? The pain in my head! It's gone! The beasts behind them had no trouble with the ground, thundering through the thickets, trampling the undergrowth. In no time at all, they would catch up to the time travellers and crush them with as little regard. Well, that's terrific, Jasper. But we want to avoid a different sort of pain. Let's keep running. Otherwise, it'll start again when those things stamp on us. Maybe not. If that's what's panicked them, they may start to calm down. You think they're that rational? Whoa! Ian lost his footing in the mud and skidded to the ground. Immediately, Jasper was on him, dragging the teacher to his feet again. No. Keep going. Jasper was about to speak when a giant beast like a rhinoceros erupted through the trees, making him jump aside. Ah! In the TARDIS, the doctor was becoming exasperated. Jasper. 30th century Earth... 
We met him in the Undercity. Remember? Undercity? He helped us shut down the factories. Got the TARDIS out of that toxic slurry. For goodness sake, he's the one that stole that contraption from the Vavidic. You must recall. I'm not making him up. I'm not saying you are, but I honestly don't remember him. Neither do I. I don't understand. Could that thing have done something to our minds? We were standing right next to it. I did feel something in my head, certainly. A kind of pain. I suppose it's possible. A psychic shock could cause temporary amnesia. We should find them. You can't possibly have forgotten the boy completely. I'm sure seeing him again will jog your memory. The TARDIS lurched, almost sending the three of them careering to the floor. What was that? The ship's moving! The Doctor opened the TARDIS doors. Careful, Doctor. Thank you, my dear. I wasn't expecting that. The Doctor steadied himself on the doorframe. The police box was at an angle. Coming from the relative stability of the interior to see the rough, muddy ground shifting beneath them made it difficult to keep balance. What's going on? The TARDIS was being half-pushed, half-pulled by several large, hairy, yellow arms. Vicky leant out further for a better view, and a sharp-toothed primate growled in her face. The apes, they're moving the ship, child. Why? What do they want with us? What have we done to them? I don't know, child. A transgression, maybe. I suppose I did stumble across some of their dead. That might not have left the best breeze. Barbara, you do realise where we're heading, don't you? Craning from the doorway, Barbara could see the ravine that she and Vicky had almost stumbled into. Its nearmost edge approached rapidly through the shadows. They couldn't have more than seconds. It might not be all that deep. I'd rather not take the risk of finding out. Everybody, out! Now! But the TARDIS! Don't argue, child! Jump! If you insist. <clears throat> they leapt into the undergrowth and mere moments later, the apes shoved their load to the precipice and the TARDIS tumbled into the chasm below. Ian felt like he was running down the middle of a motorway, battered on both sides by rampaging rhinos, racing to keep ahead of the churning hooves. Skinny trees were bashed aside, and the creatures sent rough-hanging vines and creepers swinging like pendulums, catching him on the face. This is insane, Jasper. It's suicide. Then we climb. Climb? Are you mad? We can't stay down here. The vines support those apes. They've got to carry us. Grab one! And with that, the young man leapt up to one of the hanging vines. He started shinning up just as a creature tore through the space he'd vacated. I don't suppose I have much choice. Ian quickly grasped for the nearest vine and hoisted himself up. He climbed slowly at first, but soon got into a pattern, gripping the creeper with his feet and reaching up with his hands. Well... At least those days substituting for P.E. weren't wasted. In moments, the ground was in darkness 20 feet below. Josper was shining his light up at the branches that were still some distance above. Look! Some kind of canopy! Far beneath them, the herd continued their stampede. 
Ian clung on as the trees shook violently. Can't make out where this vine comes from. It could dislodge and drop any moment. Which is why we need to keep climbing. We'll be safe up there. Right behind you. Ian hauled himself up to the network of branches. He reached for a bough, only to find it splinter under his weight. With one hand on the vine, he swung for something more solid and caught the skinny trunk of a tree, only for it to lurch wildly with him. Grab my hand! I can't! Ian! Ian tried to jump clear, but found himself up to his knees in the middle of a bog. Shana woke with a start to find herself surrounded by healers waving incense. Matria, thank the light. Fula handed her a hollowed-out branch filled with a steaming liquid. She drank it gratefully. Oh. <laughs> Don't look so worried. We could feel your fear. Just a dream. You said your mind was invaded, bitten into. I remember. But it was not my mind. It was a call for help. There is something else out there. We know. Gark has taken hunters to deal with them. Who? The surface dwellers. No. Something else. Another mind. Darker than the jungle itself. I must get Gark back. The twine of ages, child. Pass me the seeing stones now. Trickery is this! Gark stone! It is missing! The doctor, Vicky, and Barbara got to their feet, unharmed, bar a few cuts and bruises. The apes had taken up positions in the trees, hanging there with aggressive fixed stares. In the center, the bulkiest of their number looked at the doctor with a snarl. Do you think we could communicate with them? It's worth a try. The doctor agreed and took a tentative step forward. Why did you do that to my ship? Hmm? Maybe something less confrontational? Without warning, the creatures moved at once, climbing back up through the trees. It's as if they all decided at once. We were of no further interest. Apart from him. While the others moved off, the one in the centre had remained firm, the largest one. He fixed the time travellers with a deathly stare. Doctor, I don't like the way he's looking at us. He does seem rather ferocious. Wait a moment. I might have just the thing. Yes, yes, here we are. The doctor reached into his pocket and took out a small orange gem. What's that? It looks like amber. I found it discarded among their dead. I thought it might be worth investigation. The doctor held out the little stone. The ape swung across to a closer branch. The doctor held his nerve. There, my primate friend. What do you make of that, then? Hmm? The fearsome beast reached down, tenderly plucked the bead from the doctor's hand and studied it with wide-eyed confusion. Then he furrowed his brow and clenched his fist. I don't think he's very happy about it. 
the ape threw a punch at the doctor's head. But Vicky jumped forward and pulled the old man aside. No, you don't! The three travellers edged back as the ape swung through the trees with his back arms, gripping the gem in one of his forehands, trying to strike out with the other. Ah, that appears to have riled him. Probably wasn't my best idea. Hey, you! Get away from them! Jasper raced out of nowhere and shone his torch directly into the ape's face. The creature covered his eyes in fear, then scurried up the vines and away. Jasper, well done! In the nick of time! The doctor shook his young companion's hand. Jasper, of course you're Jasper. How could we forget you? What? We'll explain later. All back together, hmm? Safe and sound. Most fortunate. It certainly makes our next choice of action much simpler. The ravine. Now, we're all here. It's simple. We must climb down to the ship. We're going to leave? Naturally, child. Why tempt fate, hmm? We've nearly perished here often enough. No need to take any more risks. We should leave at once. What could possibly hold us back? Ian shifted in the quagmire, trying desperately to grab the edge of the pool. But his actions only succeeded in making him sink further, the mud reaching from his thighs up to his waist. Is anybody there? Help! Jasper! Is that you? Ian spotted a shadow in the gloom moving towards him. But it wasn't his companion. Uh, no. You! How on earth did you get here? It was a Vavidic soldier. Matriarch, do not go down there. Has Gark come back? Not yet. Then I have to. His seeing stone is missing from the twine. Below is the only place it can be. Do not worry. The dark cannot harm me, and neither can the surface. It reached up and plucked your mother's nest from the trees. It takes wood from the pile or or children's toys if they're not securely hung, and, and now these creatures... They are not from the surface. I have seen them, Matriar. Their back arms carry them across the ground. Their strange limbs hang down, useless for moving through trees. 
Where else can they be from? Elsewhere. I cannot explain. A far and distant jungle where they do not need to climb. Worry not. I will be gone but a short while. You cannot hide the truth from me. I hide nothing. Please, matriarch. You have obviously grown stronger since you communed with that other mind, but I still feel your fear. You have always been astute, Krub. It is not the surface or the strange ones that frighten me. There is another mind out there, so very dark. Then stay. I cannot. That mind threatens the strangers just as much as the Arunde. Do you not see? I must help them if I can, even at risk of my own life. With every twitch, Ian sank deeper into the mud. By now it was up to his chest. He held out his arms clear of the surface toward the Vavidic soldier. Come on! Throw me a line! But the alien stood watching him impassively through the blank eyes of his breath mask. Have it your way. Did you follow us here? Answer me! Because we took that device, we can use it. We can get you home. Oh, for goodness sake, say something. Come on, I haven't got much time left. Please, just throw me a line. Something, anything. No. Come back, please. Don't just go. I'm help. Anyone. Can you please? But it was already too late. Ian sank into the mire. Miles away, Josper and Vicky looked for vines they could use to reach the fallen TARDIS. Mm, it was the silliest thing. Neither of us could remember you at all. Really? Not the faintest thing. Oh, thanks a lot. I like to think I have some presents. You do. I'm sorry. It was only temporary. Glad to hear it. So you remember me now? Of course I do. You're right there. That's not what I meant. I know, I was just teasing. And yes, I remember everything. From you pickpocketing the doctor's keys onwards. I gave them back. I never said you didn't. And you're lucky I learned how to do that anyway. Little light thievery. Otherwise, we'd have left the Vidic empty-handed. Uh, not those vines. What's wrong with them? Too thin. They'll snap under our weight. These are stronger. Too short. So we knot a few together. Fine. Let's get them back to the doctor. So this memory lapse, what caused it? We think it was that controller when it stuck to the console. The noise the TARDIS made. It was awful. Hmm, maybe. I can't help wondering if it's this place. Well, the apes at any rate. The apes? 
That's silly. Well, you didn't see them hunt. They certainly don't use regular senses to do that. I reckon they're telepathic. Really? I suppose that might explain why they left us alone. That was very strange. Everything's strange. The sooner we leave this place, the better. You don't want to stay and explore? I've seen more than enough, thank you. Only... Only... Only I can't help thinking I've left something behind. place. Hello? Light. You chose somewhere light. What? Where are you? I, I can't see you. Where am I? You tell me, Ian. You know my name. This is your place, Ian Chesterton. Now look here. My name is Shana. Matriarch of the Arunde. Matriarch? I don't understand. Your kind does not communicate this way. You will understand. Look around. But what? There's nothing but mist. Wait a minute. I'm on. Yes. Wood. Sawdust. The cricketers! The cricketers' arms! How did I get here? So light. My local! 1963! Am I home? This is your home? a memory. You begin to understand. <sighs> the Doctor, Vicky and Barbara took the strain of the makeshift rope as Josper climbed down into the abyss. No, it's no good. Still not long enough. A few metres or so. I mean, I could probably jump it. But I most certainly couldn't. Quite. Is the ship all right? Seems to be. Ah, bit of a problem. I think it's landed on its doors. Exactly what I was afraid of. We'll need to find something to jack it up with. I'm coming back up. Barbara, help me take the weight. Of course, Doctor. Barbara coiled the vine around herself and planted her feet in the ground. Help us, Vicky! Josper's not exactly light. Josper? The doctor looked at her curiously. Yes. Oh, don't tell me you've forgotten him again. No, but I'm sure there's something else we've forgotten. What are you talking about? 
talking about child, everything's... Actually, now you come to mention it, I do have a vague recollection of a... Of a, a what is it? Ah. As Jasper climbed back over the ledge, the doctor released the rope and joined Vicky. Ah. What's up with them? I'm not really sure. You feel it too? I feel something. I... Oh, it can't be anything important, child. Maybe it's something in the ship. The ship, yes. Something about the five of us in the ship. Five? Four, you mean? You two, me and Jasper. Yes, sorry, four, of course. Oh, five, five. It definitely feels like it's five. Five? Maybe you're thinking of the TARDIS itself? No, no, it's not the ship. But Vicky... It's not. There's someone else. That's it. There's someone we've forgotten. I'm sure of it. The Doctor, Barbara, Josper, and... And and whom? This is ridiculous, Vicky. Ian! We forgot Ian! The Doctor put a hand to his forehead. Chesterton! Upon my soul! Ian! Of course, Ian! How on earth could we forget him? The Arundi. You're the apes we've been seeing, yes? And matriarch, their spiritual leader, their guide in the dark. That's you. Of course it is. How do I know all this? The meeting of minds goes both ways. With that, Ian saw the walls begin to fade, the light giving way to darkness. He looked down at the floor, only to discover that it, too, had gone. Wait! Where are my feet? Look up, Ian. It seemed perfectly natural to Ian that he found he was hanging by four yellow hands to a tree branch. He became aware of Shana clambering past him. Not so much her physical presence, that was just an ochre shadow in the twilight, or the smell of sweat and fur, but a sense of her personality, her feelings, shifting in his consciousness like waves of colour. Follow me. This is amazing. Where are we going? I saw the place you want to return to. Now they were in a primitive hut. Little more than a collection of branches, tied together and strung between tree trunks. The walls were made from animal skin, and a makeshift roof was made out of giant leaves. Several arunde dangled from the ceiling. Others rested on the pontoon, but all were focused on the large elder female, swaying in the centre of the room, as if in a trance. I thought you were matriarch. No, wait a minute. This is a memory. You're showing me a memory. Ian saw the thick leather braid around Shana's neck, strung with a hundred or more beads in varying shades of yellow. He looked to the old Arunde in the memory and saw the same twine in her hands. Some of the little stones glowed a bright amber. Shana saw his quizzical look. You need not ask with your words. Seeing stones. One from each of your tribe. A psychic link between the matriarch 
and the individual. That's how you're talking to me. How I'm seeing this. Now you understand. But, Shana, we can't stay here. Ian, I must. No. You know what's going to happen. Shana! No! Move! The apes might hear us. And is that a problem? How else are we going to find Ian? I suppose. You ever miss your own time? What? What sort of question's that? Oh, I've just been thinking, that's all. Well, think more, then. I've no family, Josper, remember? I lost them all. Of course, yes. Sorry. Why would I miss my own time? I've nothing there. The TARDIS is my only home now. I couldn't go back. Not to the same time, the same place. Just end up in the slums again. But a home. A real home. Home of my own. Somewhere safe. I don't know. That I could live with. Maybe when the Doctor gets the TARDIS working, maybe... Maybe he could take us somewhere, you know? Far in the future? Somewhere beyond pollution, beyond wars. That'd be a place to live. Don't you think? I can't see the doctor settling down like that. I didn't mean him. Still, best not to think about it. He might not even get the controller working, I suppose. Let's see what happens, eh? No point dreaming, is there? I suppose not. Come on. Let's try down here. Ian woke to find himself lying on dry ground, caked in mud, but safely out of the quicksand. He sat up and looked around. A large yellow ape was hanging from tangled branches just above him. How did I get here? Where's the soldier? The beast reached down and placed a gentle hand on Ian's shoulder. A long string of beads dangled from her neck. Shana. You're Shana, aren't you? You pulled me from the swamp. So, it was real. We were talking in my head. The ape finally spoke. The mind is easier to understand than your speech. But to Ian, the words were guttural and indecipherable and her knitted brow showed that his language was just as alien to her. I suppose it only works if I'm unconscious. Well, this is a mess. A man and the ape. Do, do you understand, friend? Friend? Can you climb, Ian? You want me to follow you? I hope you're heading for the TARDIS. There's some over there, Doctor. Barbara had led the Doctor into the clearing she'd explored earlier. 
Ahead, a small clutch of the flying reptiles seemed to be playing, snapping and clawing at each other. One of those should be strong enough to lift the TARDIS upright, shouldn't it? Oh, undoubtedly. If we can get it into the jungle. The doctor tested the strength of the vine lasso he'd made, then edged stealthily towards the oblivious animals. What about that small one? We should be able to manage that. Just you wait there, my reptilian friend. The doctor was just about to loop the vine round the bird's neck when... (laughs) The flock took to the air in a panic. Now, doctor, quickly! There! The doctor managed to entrap the creature just in time, but was almost pulled off his feet as it attempted to take off. Barbara grabbed the doctor's waist and strained as they both tried to drag their quarry into the trees. Take the rope, Barbara! Barbara grasped the vine tightly and continued the tug of war. Every time the reptile bore aloft, they were able to drag it back down, inching closer to the scrub. One more pull, Barbara! The lasso split, and their prey tore into the sky. In panic, it soared one way, then another, until... Barbara and the doctor gasped with horror and guilt as the lost youngster was struck by lightning and burst into flame. For a moment, it flailed, its wings blazing, before plummeting into the treetops. Thunder. Didn't the doctor say something about acid rain? Vicky and Josper looked at the canopy above and could see a strange glow in the sky. Look out! Ah! The broiling reptiles settled in the canopy, but started to melt through the twisted vines. Josper pulled her arm. We've got to get out of here! <gasps> the sofa! They ran. Behind them, the conflagration hit the ground. Was that an explosion? This way. Ian tried not to worry about what he'd heard and followed his simian companion into a patch of shrubbery strewn with broken tree trunks and decaying Arundic corpses. This was the place you showed me. In my mind. Shana moved awkwardly forward on her hind limbs, picking at the wreck with her other hands, lifting and discarding debris. What are you looking for? Can I help? On earth did this hut fall? It must have been secured up there. Some... <laughs> Another ape, larger and fiercer than Shana, had lowered himself out of the trees. Krub said you were here. Gark, I am sorry. She is dead. She cannot pass on her secrets now. That is not why I am here. You should not have attacked the strangers. They are not the real threat. I did it for you. I understand now, my love, and I know why you have been defying me. Your seeing stone is lost. It is here somewhere. I will find it. Shana returned to the wreckage, but Gark caught one of her arms and pulled her back to face him. Leave it. I have grown stronger. My mind has opened. Things are changing for the Urunde. The time of the matriarchs is over. That is not what I mean. 
I will not reject years of tradition. Years of control. Guidance. Tyranny. My grandmother was right. Rana was insane. Even in my youth, I could see her mind was twisted. She told me stories, handed down through my family, a time before matriarchs, before the mentorcision. When all were left with their seeing stones? It must have been a time of anarchy. What was that? Ah, uh, hello there. Was it his imagination, or did the larger ape recoil in fear? He is called Ian. I do not care what it is called. Look, I'm sorry if I've stumbled into a domestic dispute of some kind, but I really need to get back to my friends. What is it saying? I cannot understand his words, but I know this. These creatures are not from the surface. They are from another jungle, far from here. It is called Cricketers. I have seen it. You mixed your mind with that. It is the Arunde way. Not with strange beasts. Gark, please. Shana raised an arm to her former love, but Gark struck her. Ah! Ian leapt over to help Shana as the other apes sped up into the trees. What's all that about? Shana hoisted herself up into the vines after Gark. Hey, you can't leave me. Ian leapt for a branch and attempted to follow. The doctor and Barbara dashed for the edge of the jungle as torrential rain splashed around them. Barbara's cardigan was steaming and several holes were already burning into the back of the doctor's coat. Ah, How more concentrated than in the river. The doctor pulled her towards a small copse. No, this way, doctor. Deeper into the jungle. But as the doctor beckoned her under an expansive, spongy leaf, she realized it was wiser to take cover now. She shook the drizzle from her clothes and hair, the acid already stinging her skin. How long is the storm going to last? I'm not sure, Barbara. But once it's over... Look out there! In the clearing! The doctor pointed into the rainstorm. It can't be. A Vedic soldier. Vicky was right. She said she saw him. But it, it, it's not possible. It'll see us. And we can't exactly run. Not in this deluge. Barbara looked around frantically for a hiding place, turned back and sharply clutched the doctor's arm. Where's he gone? The doctor looked out. He's vanished. He couldn't have crossed that space so quickly. And yet he seems to have completely disappeared. Vicky picked herself out of the mud where she'd fallen. Bits of broken bark and charred vegetation lay around her. Some feet away, a large tree had been rent in two and Josper was trapped under the fallen trunk. Come on, give me a hand. I'll try. It's too heavy. I can't shift it. I'll have to find the others. No, no, don't go. You might forget me again. Yes, you're right. That's true, it's too big a risk. Something else. Vicky looked round. Beyond the tree, she could just see some large, spiky plants with flowers made of needles the thickness of bamboo. I could use one of those fronds as a jimmy. No, not those. Don't touch them. 
The natives use them as spears. They're poisonous. I wouldn't want something to happen to you. <laughs> You'd have less arguments. <sighs> Maybe, but... But I'd miss them. You wouldn't? You think I'm a silly child? Of course I don't. I think... What did your mother say? That she knew your father was the one because of how they bickered. She said he was the only person who could make her so passionate. How do you know about that? Well, you told me, remember? <laughs> You've forgotten that too. I've never told it to anyone. I guess you have, obviously. How else would I know? You, you told me on Vortis. <gasps> Vicky ducked down beside him. What's wrong? Vedic soldier. I'd forgotten about it. Oh, come on, you know that. Shh. Taking another look. He's there, Jasper. He's got a gun. I think the rain's easing off. Huh. That sounds like Vicky. The doctor and Barbara raced off in the direction of the sound. She's over there. Vicky was crouched down behind a tree trunk, terrified. She saw them appear and motioned frantically. Get down! Whatever's the matter? They darted over to her. Jasper! You need a hand, young man? They heaved on the tree, allowing the young man to slide out. Oh, oh, oh thank you. There was a Vavidic soldier in the bushes. Tell them, Jasper. Tell them what? I, I can't. I didn't see anything. It shot at us. You must have heard it. We saw something too. But it can't be a Vavidic. The, the, the idea is preposterous. The shot hit that tree. Look, see the damage. Let's humor her. It should be. But it struck the tree. It did. I can't see anything. The tree appears untouched. It can't be. It simply can't be. Ian hauled himself up into the Arunde village. It was a network of leafy nests, animal skin tents and wooden pontoons, strung between the jungle trees and linked by vines. Horizontal spaces appeared only spots to rest tools and weapons, the Arunde themselves preferring to hang from the looping crisscross of lianas, where they were now, facing the village centre and Gark. Why did the surface reclaim her? Because we do not need her. The Arande were not meant to be controlled. Do you wish to be led by a powerless child? In days you shall all be weak. You shall lose your grip on the branches and fall. Fall to where the insects and the beasts will chew your bones. Shana hoisted herself to Gark's level and held out conciliatory hands to the tribe. I know you all felt my fear, my uncertainty. But believe me, my mind is strengthening. She is tainted. She has communed with the surface dwellers. Gark pointed at Ian. The Arunde near him flinched and trembled. Some even snarled. Sorry, uh, have I come at a bad time? It is not Ian we should fear. He cannot harm us. There is one out there that can. A mind darker than the jungle and deeper than the ravine. Do not leave my protection now or you shall be lost. She even brings one to our village. Follow Shana 
and she will give you to the ground. Follow me. I have the power to keep you safe. What power? Proudly, Gark held up a small amber bead. You took it from the twine? Yes, and threw it away. But it found me again. And this time, I shall keep it. The first free Arunde for generations. He held the stone to his forehead, where it rested in a small aperture between his eyes. For a moment, Ian thought he saw it glow. Gark caught his breath. Give me the twine, Shana. My people want their jewels back. We cannot turn our backs on years of tradition. Without that, we are nothing. Gark snatched the braid from Shana's neck. You would turn your back on me? I gave you your chance. I'm not going mad. No one's saying you are, Vicky. It was here. Seemingly not. The doctor continued examining the tree. It's the apes. I'm sure it's them. They're telepathic, remember? It's not the apes, it's... No. It isn't the apes. It's you. It's you, Jasper. <laughs> Me? <laughs> what are you talking about? Vicky, don't start flinging accusations. He knew something. Something from my past. What? That silly thing your mother said. We all know that. What? You... But I've never told any of you. The doctor waved his hand dismissively and led Barbara off into the dark. Just deal with her, Jasper, and let's be on our way. What? What do you mean? Doctor, you're scaring me, Doctor! But her friends had gone. You just wouldn't be tempted, would you? Ian and Barbara are so desperate to get home. The Doctor just wants to control his ship, but you... All your life, all you've ever wanted was a family. Companionship. I don't understand. It's not easy. Controlling four minds at once, I'll admit that, but... But when you've got their attention, it's really hard for them to get away. Usually. Jasper, what are you talking about? It's almost like... You're our friend. We were in Rome together. You helped us defeat the Animus. Didn't you? Neat trick, eh? Taking experiences from your mind and weaving myself into them. That Vavidic soldier, did you put that in my mind? He's back. Actually, no. He's not mine. He's your own subconscious. Breaking free, trying to alert you. There's only one Vavidic here. You? Me. Infiltrator first class. The Imperium sent me to break into your little gang. I'm to fix the TARDIS and bring it back. It'll be the centerpiece in our conquest of time and space. Doctor Barbara! Don't waste your breath. They've already forgotten you like they've forgotten Ian. What did you do with him? Josper moved casually to the spiky plants and pulled off a sharp front. You said that was poisonous. Did I? Keep away from me. Does it sting? Oh. You know, several of these could bring down something the size of an elephant. One probably kills a human in minutes. Oh. Jasper. Please. A few 
very painful minutes. It's been a fascinating place, but it's time to fix the ship and get you two home. The doctor crossed the forest floor with his two friends, Barbara and Josper. No complaints from me. Oh, Josper, don't stop so suddenly. Sorry, but we may have a problem. Great heavens! Ahead of them, hanging from the low branches, were over 50 of the yellow apes. At their head was the same male as before, now even more striking, with a glowing jewel set in his brow. What do they want? Do you think they're going to kill us? I mean, I say, Rod, both of you, make for that hill. But there's nothing up there, only the clearing. Precisely. I'm gambling those arms of theirs aren't suited to perambulation. So we outrun them? Well, then what? I've no idea. But it'll give me time to think of something. Ready? One, two, three, run! <laughs> Ian ran through the forest, following Shana as she swung from tree to tree. Shining his torch as they went, something to one side caught the teacher's eye. Shana, wait! That's Vicky back there. Vicky, Vicky, wake up. What's wrong with her? Uh, the stem of the arrow plant. This? Your spears. Poisoned. Did Anarundi do this? She's still breathing. Is there an antidote? We use ungral larvae to cure our meat of the poison. I shall fetch some. Ha hang on, Vicky. Help is coming, I think. Ian. Don't try to move, Vicky. You're going to be all right. Ian. There's a Vavivik. Soldier. Yes, I know. I've seen him. No, not that one. It's not, it's not real, but in our minds, the real one, it's... It's Jasper! Well, Doctor, looks like you were right. They aren't keen on the ground, are they? 
the three friends raced across the clearing, while some way back the apes lumbered awkwardly after them. Some had remained in the trees, afraid either of the half-light in the open space or the prospect of putting their whole weight on the ground. The doctor chanced a backward glance and saw several clinging to high branches unsure how to cross. But on the ground, the beast with the gem was urging the others on. The inevitable was coming. I'm afraid. I think we're going to have to stop and fight them. Fight them? With what? With our intellects. You want to challenge them at chess? The doctor's right. We can't stay ahead of them forever. We don't have much choice. Jasper, don't stop. Suicide, boy. You can't take on an entire troop of apes. But his young companion wasn't listening. Jasper stood, his arms raised and eyes closed. The primates approached, slowly, and miraculously stopped in front of them. Look at them. I haven't really looked before. They're all different in shape and size in their clothing. They're not like the apes on Earth. Indeed not, Miss Wright. They're not primitives. They're intelligent, bordering on civilized. And calm. They don't seem ferocious anymore. What's going on? The doctor was blinking as if he'd just woken up. My dear Barbara, can't you feel that? A veil has been lifted. My goodness, how could we be so blind? Even the leader was passively staring at Josper. It's ridiculous, but it's as if... as if Josper's holding them back with his mind. That's exactly what he was doing. And it's exactly what he's been doing with us. Think, young woman. What do you remember of Josper? Hmm? When did we meet him? What? You know when we met him, Doctor. The Undercity, Earth 3064, the factories. He picked your pocket. Oh, yes. That's what I thought. Up until a moment ago, that memory was clear as day. Meeting him, saving him from the waste pits. I could even smell the sludge. But now... Now it's like it was a dream. What are you talking about? He's real. I remember him. I remember him on Vortis handing me the isotope. I remember him in Rome. I remember him everywhere. It must be real. He's right there. Doing what? Hmm? Controlling the minds of those creatures? Where were we last, Barbara? Answer me that. Before this place? Yes. Think, Barbara. Where were we? You and I. Where did the TARDIS take us? Um, Vividus, the heart of the Imperium. And was Jasper with us? I'm not. It's getting a bit hazy. No, no, he wasn't. It was just you and me, like always, and... Oh, wait, Ian. Ian and Vicky. I'd forgotten Ian and Vicky. Why did I do that? I suspect we've been manipulated all along. The memory lapses, forgetting our dear friends. There's been a Vividic agent at large in the ship, masquerading as our friend. And now he's directing the apes. Is that why we can remember why we're free? He doesn't have enough mental power to control all of us at the same time. Quite so. As they say, you can't fool all the people all the time. <gasps> Upon my soul, look at what that one's got. 
Draped over one of the leading ape's shoulders was a thick leather braid, festooned with crystals like the one in his forehead. The doctor crept over and slipped it off the hypnotized anthropoid. We might be able to bargain with this. Who cares about that, Doctor? Ian and Vicky are still out there somewhere in the jungle. Yes, very good point. Let's not waste another moment. Gark blinked in the half-light, hanging, suspended from nothing but mist. He was vaguely aware that the rest of the tribe were nearby. In front of him stood one of the surface dwellers. You're a funny bunch of people, aren't you? Even now you think I've crawled up out of the ground to kill you. I can see your jungle. Thick marsh mist, green mud that burns, creatures for tools... Your thoughts are mixed with others of your kind. Don't you just hate that? You are practiced in the Arundi ways. If you mean one mind dominating another, then yes. But that's where the similarities end. Matria does not dominate. She guides. Your loyalty is admirable. But I can see what you really think. Remember? You've got your stone back. Why can't you be Matria? Then Shana can be your mate at last. Stop. Closing your mind. What are you hiding, you insolent savage? Nothing. Oh, of course not. What say I let you keep your little privacy in return for your service? Fiorundi will not be ruled by you. Fine. Then I'll leave you all here, trapped inside your own minds. But let's get some lights on. It's so gloomy. No! Ah! Please! Please! We yield. I thought you might. Then you know what I want you to do. Pull the blue stone from the crevice. Capture the doctor. You learn fast. Then you shall free us. Free you? We'll see. Ian, Ian. Don't try to move, Vicky. Ian opened up Vicky's sleeve, exposing a wound fizzing with foaming pus. He put a hand on her red face. She was burning up. Shana descended speedily to the undergrowth and pulled something out of her sack. Oh, what's that? Shana held something that looked like a cross between a carp and a slug. She fixed it to Vicky's wound, where it slurped heartily at the infection. I told you. We use these to cure our meat of the poison. Ian had no idea what the Arunde had said, but put a hand on Vicky's forehead. That's amazing. Her temperature's dropping already. Once Jospa's Arunde slaves had righted the TARDIS, he found the doors were still open. Brazenly, he walked inside. Oh. What a mess. The fall down the gorge had strewn the furniture about the control room. Chairs, tables and various objets d'art lay about, some in pieces. As Jasper moved the detritus, Gark stared about in wonderment. It was no larger than a hut. But inside it is... I, I do not understand, Master Jasper. Me neither. The doctor managed to keep that little bit of knowledge to himself. How can I understand your words? 
You are not speaking Arunda. Oh, don't worry about it. It doesn't take long flicking through a primitive mind like yours. I just slot in a language, a bit like index cards. Oh, that guilty little secret, Gark. Gark looked at the floor in shame, but then returned his gaze to Josper. An image appeared in Gark's mind. A small chunk of pale pink flesh, decorated with unnatural threads and beads. What you're seeing is my controller. It's in here, somewhere. Well, start looking. All the things we've done with Jasper. Vortis, Rome, Byzantium, China. He wasn't there? Not for any of it? Seemingly not. It's just implanted memories. And we sort of knew that. The Vividic we saw was our own subconscious bleeding through. Which explains why it wouldn't pull me from the swamp. You can't be rescued by your own mind. Come on, keep walking. We mustn't let Jasper fix that controller to the ship. But he can't. Of course he can. And that's a problem. He only needs that device and the doctor's knowledge for the TARDIS to work properly again. They'll be able to return to Vividus. They'll leave without us. They won't. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They don't have the controller. What? When the doctor got it off the console, I put it in my pocket for safekeeping. Vicky, you're brilliant. Shana swung down towards them. I can feel the tribe up ahead. Ian, look, a light. You're right. Can't be more than a hundred meters away. A voice cried out to them from up ahead. Chesterton! Vicky! It's the doctor. Don't trust him. What? What do you mean? He could still be under Jasper's influence. Yes, you're right. Well, if he is, there's two of us that know the truth now. We can talk him out of it. Doctor, did you hear that? I think it was Ian. Upon my soul, it's Chesterton. But as the doctor and Barbara moved towards them... Ah! No, get away! A handful of Arundi leapt on them. Two lifted Barbara up into the trees. The doctor cried out. Unhand her! This instant! No, get off me! Ian arrived just in time to see the doctor hoisted aloft too. Chesterton, help us! He called back. Shana barked up at the canopy. My people! What are you doing? Doctor! Shana, please stop them. Can't you do something, Shana? Their minds are clouded. Jasper! Vicky jumped as an Arundi swung into view, bulkier, more self-assured than Shana. Be careful of this one, Vicky. That's Gark. Is this the freedom you promised? Slaves to the dark mind? I did not want this. My stupidity and lack of training has driven you all off the path. But I can get you back. Ian was keeping a wary eye on Gark, but realised that the stone on Shana's forehead was glowing a bright yellow. Ah! Josper felt a stab through his psyche. Oh, will you feel that? 
She's strong. Very strong. I can see why you like her, Gark. Strong enough to protect my people. The TARDIS opened my mind, showed me the truth of you. Really? You hear that, Gark? The truth? It's the truth she wants. No, Master Josper. Do not make me. What does he mean? Make you what? It was a ground acclaimed matriarch. It was her time. No. No, I see something else in your mind. Shana, stop! What are you hiding? Only you could see. The Arande do not need guidance from seeing stones. It was you. You cut the vines that held my mother's nest. I never wanted you to be matriarch. We should have been together. You killed her. Tell me it is not true. I can't lie anymore, Shana. Not to you. Gark! No! Shana! What have you done? Hear me, human. He's speaking English. Jospa has your friends, Doctor and Barbara. Jospa must have the controller. Shana was shivering, as though she had suffered some kind of mental attack. Vicky, you can come out now. Vicky? Vicky, where have you gone? The doctor and Barbara were unceremoniously dumped into a nest of bent branches and leaves balanced precariously on top of a tree. How far up do you think we are? A handful of Arundi guarded them from nearby trees. A low growl made Barbara edge back to the bottom of the nest. Oh, at least 60 feet, I should say. It should be a fairly straightforward climb down. Climb? Of course. Something the matter? These creatures do it all the time. The doctor gestured towards their captors, who were looking away, presumably expecting a rescue attempt. Jospa knew them well. In case you hadn't noticed, I only have two arms. And how do we get past them without them noticing? The doctor grinned and pulled the leather twine from his jacket. The beads weren't uniform in size, shape or shade, but all were hard as diamond and had a vein-like structure. Some form of ceremonial garb? Far more precious than that. I think the apes create them, naturally. Then they give them to their leader. Perhaps there's some form of supplication. The stone on the leader's head. Maybe it's a natural link. Telepathy? Yes. We suspected as much, didn't we? If that's so... I might be able to use these to communicate with them. Josper was staring keenly at the TARDIS console, trying to fathom its working when the doors opened and someone stepped cautiously inside. Vicky, hello again. It was a bit of a shock when the Arunde found you. I thought you'd be dead. I'm glad you're not. 
to see you stoop this low. I didn't expect you to capitulate so quickly. Surely Ian tried to dissuade you? I didn't ask him. I've seen what you're really like. He hasn't. Of course. So you've come to save the Doctor and Barbara. Well, that's brave of you, I suppose. Well, you do hold all the cards. You're controlling the Arunde, aren't you? Do you like my new pets? They're intelligent, but nothing like as sophisticated as you humans. Controlling four of you lot was an effort, but even 70 of these primates is child's play. Have you got my device? Yes. But let the Doctor and Barbara go first. You're trying to bargain with me. Is that wise? Remember what you said about all the cards. Don't come any nearer, or I'll smash it. And then I'll kill your friends. Just hand it over. It's not worth it. Shauna, what is it? Shauna fell back into the bushes. Since her exchange with Gark, she'd been quiet and listless, but this was something else. Her seeing stone was glowing weakly, and her eyes were searching elsewhere. Was someone trying to communicate? Was it Jasper? That would be me, Chesterton, effecting an escape from our captors. The doctor was helping Barbara off the tree, brandishing the twine of seeing stones. They've gone for the ravine. Jasper's got them guarding the TARDIS by the look of it. The doctor laced his fingers. And now we have the upper hand. Where's Vicky? As long as she has the controller, we can negotiate with that young ruffian. Ah, that might be a problem. Problem, Chesterton? There's no problem... You do like to put obstacles in our way. With that controller in our possession, Jasper's stuck here, just as we are. But Ian shook his head. We don't have the controller. Jasper said he'd release you if we returned it. Well, you don't have to do that. We've escaped. Not soon enough. Vicky's already gone to the TARDIS. What? Why didn't you stop her? I would have done. She ran away when I wasn't looking. Shana brushed past them and snatched the beads from the doctor's hand. Feebly, she took each stone and pressed it to her forehead. Her own gem gave off a faint luminescence, but her features became increasingly crestfallen. I don't think she'll get through to her people while Jasper's controlling their minds. The doctor snapped his fingers. Yes! Then we need to find a way to distract them. Give Jasper too much to concentrate on, and perhaps he'll lose his grip. Yes. What if we did something that made their natural instincts kick in, like self-preservation? Ian was baffled. We'd have to attack them all at once. Seventy-odd giant apes threatened by three puny humans. How do you propose we do that? In a way I should have thought of earlier. Vicky ran into the TARDIS living quarters, desperately trying to hide. Come on, Vicky. Don't be tiresome. It was very clever of the Doctor giving me that psychic shock. Took me by surprise, I'll admit. The closet was the best place she could find. 
Next time I might send one back, but I'd hate to blow his mind before he's had a chance to fix the TARDIS. Are you really going to make me follow you around in here forever? Maybe I should turn the Arunde against your friends. The Doctor I need. But Ian and Barbara? <laughs> They're a bit surplus to requirements. Ah! There you are, you little devil! Let me go! Come on! Back to the control room! The Doctor stared pointedly at the two giant piles of cantaloupes he and Ian had plucked from the bushes. What are we going to do? Offer the Arundi a picnic? I don't know, Doctor. I wish Barbara could have explained herself before she ran off. Something tore into the bushes, swooped down and chomped into their harvest. The Doctor leapt back. Great Scott! Those reptilian birds! Well, don't just stand there. They're after the fruit. Throw them. At the birds? The Doctor shook his head. No, Chesterton! At the Arundi! The apes standing around the TARDIS didn't even react when the juicy produce splattered across their fur. It was only when the birds descended, attracted by the scent and pith, that the Arundi began to remember themselves and battered their arms against the sharp beaks and claws. My goodness, those birds are vicious. I've still got the bruises. Good shot! Right on his head! The doctor seemed to be enjoying himself. This was a brilliant idea, Miss Wright. Utterly inspired. Take that! I think they're scattering. Scattering? Yes, that's exactly it. They're all going different ways, individually, separate minds. Josper must have lost control. Josper and Vicky watched on the scanner as the Arunde started to flee the lizard birds. The doctor's beaten you. Oh, hardly. They were just guards, a sideshow. I still have you to sway his will and... This? Josper held the Vavidic component over the console. No! No. Please don't do that. Pleading, eh? I like it. Maybe I'll make you plead forever. No, I put that thing on the console earlier. The TARDIS didn't seem to like it. Your device made it shriek. Surely that's a bad thing. Horses resist the saddle the first time. It needs to learn. With Josper's dominion lifted, Shana could feel the minds of the Arundi again, even through the TARDIS's cry. She quickly found Gark swinging away from the ravine. Where are you going? The TARDIS needs our help. I know you can hear it now. Let them take their fight back beneath the mud, or to the sky, or to wherever it is they are from. As long as they do not affect the Arunde. We must protect our own kind first. Is that what you were thinking when you sent my mother back to the surface? When you cut the vines on her nest? When you killed others of our kind? I did what I had to do. You did what served you best. And you? Who are you serving? I do my duty as matriarch. Whatever that may be. Let them die, Shana. It is not our concern now.
The Doctor, Barbara and Ian rushed into the TARDIS control room. Josper leaned triumphantly over the console. The Vavidic jellyfish already spreading limbs and tendrils up to the central column. Perfect timing. Saves me coming to find you. The Doctor darted to his side. Young man, do you really think you can comprehend the complexities of time and space travel? You, a simple Vavidic orphan? What? You may have implanted memories in our minds, but they must have been based in fact. The slums, the undercity, little orphan Josper, fishing in the toxic slime. I climbed my way out, worked myself up into the Imperious Army, rose through the ranks. Now I'll return a hero in the TARDIS. Josper put a hand on the controller and another on the doctor's head, his fingers gripping tightly. Josper, let him go! Ian, do something! I can't pick him. I can't get near them. It's like there's some kind of force field. The doctor wasn't sure if he was inside his own mind or Josper's. Nevertheless, he stood still, determined to give nothing away. Imagine it, Doctor. Through me, you'll be able to talk to the TARDIS directly for the first time. Tell it where you want to go, anywhere in time and space, instantly. I refuse to listen. The doctor put his hands on his lapels as Josper circled him like a panther. Earth, London, 1963. I can see your thoughts, Doctor. Ian and Barbara safely returned home. Stop it, Josper. And you, losing that fear of being lost... Master of your own travels, imagine it. You can return home, return to your family. No. You can see Susan again. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Do it, Doctor. Say yes. Let me unlock the TARDIS for you. Look at the console. The dials and switches were moving. Who's doing that? Josper or the Doctor? It's in their heads. Whatever's going on, it's in their minds. Barbara and Ian pressed against the air around the Doctor, but the force field held firm. We're dematerializing. Sounds like the TARDIS is putting up a fight. The TARDIS or the Doctor? The Doctor was on his knees. Yes, your granddaughter. You promised you'd go back. That you must have both known you never could. Imagine her face when you do. Yes. Susan. Susan, my child. Then once you're done there, I'll fly the ship back to Bavidus and we can begin the conquest. The little boy from Undercity, Emperor of Time and Space. No. What? Who said that? I did. Shana. Matria of the Arunde. Shama! You obtuse primitive! You think you can break in on my mind? You are in our jungle, and we Arunde are telling you to leave. Shama! Yes! Well done! No! What's happening to him? I think... Yes, I think Josper's weakening. Oh. 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 Look! The control 
Trolla was darkening, decaying, its tendrils growing brittle and shattering. Quick! Put it off the console! We couldn't do that before. Seemed that hard to me. Get out of my mind! Get out of my... Oh. What's happened to him? He's... He's dead. What? The doctor waved a handkerchief to get air, blinking his way back into the real world. We had a psychic conference. He made it very hard to resist. But you won? Of course I won, child. Thanks to the help of our ape friends. All of them. Together. Shana looked with pride at her people, each with a seeing stone glowing between their eyes. She could not have overcome the dark mind without them. Together we are stronger. Our thoughts mixed rather than relying on one matriarch. Especially one as weak as I am. Oh, you were never weak. I am glad you think so, because what I shall do will use all the strength I have. I shall help. We can be together now, have the life we always desired. With the one that killed my mother. You know why I did it. The Arundi are free now, happy. And they shall never know what you did. I will keep the knowledge hidden in my mind. But I can never forget. You are sending me away. With your seeing stone, you shall be able to hunt and keep alive. But you will never return. You shall be alone. My life was always on that path. Ian gently lowered the Vavidic youngster's body wrapped in a sheet into one of the quagmires. You think we should say a few words for Jospa? If that was even his name. Well, whatever his name, whatever he wanted to do, he's dead. A young man is dead, far from home, in space and time. Yes. May he rest in peace. Well put, Chesterton. Most human, perhaps... He can make better use of this. And the doctor tossed the Vavidic controller into the mire. Couldn't you still have used it? The doctor shook his head. I'm afraid not. It was burned out with Jasper's mind. It's funny. I can still remember the things he put in our heads. The adventures of fun times. Whatever he was up to, he did give us good memories. And I'd rather remember those. For the moment, child. Then they'll fade, leaving us with only the truth. Only our meeting with him here. Come along. I think it's time we left this place. And with the doctor's words, the four travellers trudged back to the TARDIS. And other adventures.
Well, if we are on Earth, it's hundreds of years before my time. And mine. Ha <laughs> Smell the air! No pollution! No chemicals! A fine summer's day in... Yes, a fine Florentine summer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Early Adventures. The Ravelli Conspiracy. I am Niccolo Machiavelli. Are you? Are you now indeed? I see, I see. This man is a saboteur, an assassin. Is he? Are you an assassin or a saboteur, my dear man? Oh, history will take its course, my dear. It's not our responsibility. His Holiness the Pope's wooden box. It is not his wooden box. It's the doctor's. The prisoner! Guard Caesar! I will capture them, interrogate them, and have them publicly executed. So there's nothing in this period we need to watch out for. Oh, there's a little backstabbing, I suppose. Some plots, the odd civil war, torture, religious persecution, and the ever-constant threat of violence and damnation should we be foolish enough to criticize the current religious orthodoxy. Big finish. We love stories. Right, then perhaps we should go. No, please. I'm sure we'll be safe. This is William Russell. I play two characters in this story, myself as Ian and also as the Doctor. So let's go from Barbara's first line on the page. Thank you. Oh, wait, Ian. Ian and Vicky. I've forgotten Ian and Vicky. Why did I do that? I suspect we've been manipulated all along. The memory lapses, forgetting our dear friends. There's been a Vidic agent at large in the ship, masquerading as our friend. Perfect. Well done. Excellent. Well, the main thing I enjoy, I must say, about these uh, recordings is that I meet people, and I meet some of the people who were with me in those early days, and uh, this is very pleasant. I'm Maureen O'Brien, and I played Vicky in Doctor Who in 1965, and I play Vicky in this Big Finish story and I also narrate the story yes I see it the TARDIS for Vicky that battered old wooden box had never seemed so inviting sanctuary and escape were mere yards away but as another volley of laser fire burned the air it might as well have been a mile it's not difficult vocally but the concentration required (laughs) is quite extreme And um, it is very tiring. I was absolutely knackered yesterday when I'd finished because it was just the concentration. Maureen is very appealing. She's very bright. She's, you know, you can have conversations with Maureen. I'm very fond of her. And I think she did a very difficult thing because everyone liked Carol and uh, Carol suddenly said, I've had enough of shouting over here, you know. (laughs) And uh, that was what it was. That's how it happened. He's just the most adorable man. 
I mean, he's always been very beautiful as well, but he's just an adorable man. He is gentle, he's warm, he's kind of laid back, he doesn't get in too bad a state about anything, but he has very high standards of acting, you know, as an actor, and he is a wonderful actor. Listening to him all day today, and uh, he's no spring chicken anymore, but, you know, listening to him play the Doctor and Ian and differentiate between those two voices and come up with the sort of humour and the kind of, you know, and his his gurglings and gluggings and squelchings and all that as he's being swallowed by the mud in this are really their collector's pieces, I would say. They're just brilliant. Help! Anyone! Can you please? But it was already too late. Ian sank into the mire. My name is James Joyce and I'm playing Josper. Are we all here? Ian? Barbara? Vicky? Josper! Where's Josper? He was right behind me. Josper! Oh, thank goodness. What are you waiting for? We need to be out of here. Let's get in the TARDIS and go. He's sort of young and energetic and he comes across as a sort of nice guy, a sort of typical young chap who uh, is involved in this type of adventure, but he isn't quite what he seems. And um, that's kind of the fun of the role, really. He's one person to begin with and then slowly the veil is lifted and we see the real character. He's wonderful, isn't he? I mean, he looks about 12. He is such an accomplished actor. He is so intelligent. He's so quick and so varied and wonderful to act with. And for me, playing Vicky, it was such a change, you know, to have someone my own age, as it were, you know, Vicky's own age, to act with instead of always being with the grown-ups and always asking questions, what's this, Doctor? What's that, Doctor? Where are we going now, Doctor? You know, it was wonderful just to be able to act with somebody wonderfully enjoyably. Great. I think actors generally like playing nasty roles. I think there's something... You know, there's, it's nice to play the nice guy, but it's much nicer to play the guy who wants to uh, rule the universe. I can see your thoughts, Doctor. Ian and Barbara safely returned home. Stop it, Josper. And you, losing that fear of being lost, master of your own travels, imagine it. You can return home. Return to your family. No! There's nothing you can hide behind, but also you can be at your most versatile and you can, you can be something that you would never be cast as because you, you know, there is a sort of limitation with the way you look. But with this, you know, if you want to, if you want to play some sort of uh, you know, ridiculous alien character or if you want, you know, you, the, the only limitation you have is your own imagination and, you know, what you can do with your voice. So it's nice to play around with that. It was that film about the early days of Doctor Who, before I was in it. And the one thing in it that gave me shivers up and down my spine every time she appeared was Gemma. My name's Gemma Powell and I play Barbara Wright. One of the strange cantaloupes sailed over Barbara's head and landed in the clearing. <laughs> the birds began to fight over it. Vicky, what are you doing? Just feeding the birds. Well, I'm not sure that's a good idea. 
They're quite a bit larger than the pigeons in Trafalgar Square. Where? And a lot more spiteful. It was the usual audition process. I went in and I was actually blonde and like long hair so I tried to sort of slick my hair back and you know visually try to kind of make her similar to Barbara stroke Jacqueline and uh, and then also I kind of yeah on online there was a lot of footage of her you know the unearthly child all of that so I spent hours trying to <laughs> replicate her voice and then yeah I just sort of tried to do the best of the audition process which is you know learn your lines well be prepared and go in and try to be the character so that you kind of sell it to them straight away. He started it. <laughs> I used to have a pair like you at Cole Hill. Be thankful you don't have pigtails. <gasps> Vicky, watch where you're going! <gasps> because Jacqueline's not around anymore, I wanted to kind of do it justice and I didn't want to... I wanted to make it as real as possible. I wanted to mimic her, the way that she did the lines but I didn't want to kind of send her up so I had to kind of find an element of truth in it and also find the character of Jacqueline as well. So that was a challenge, playing those two separate, separate characters. I remember him. I remember him on Vortis. I remember him in Rome. I remember him everywhere. It must be real. He's right there. Doing what, hmm? Controlling the minds of those creatures? Where were we last, Barbara? Thank you, chaps. That was the last one we've seen. Let's have a coffee break. Thank you. Or tea break, shall we say. I joined Twitter recently after Adventure came out. I was advised to do it. And actually the response on there is so... It's lovely because you get... It's a way of people kind of giving their feedback. Everything's been quite positive, so fingers crossed this should be positive too. (laughs) 